It's not episode 712. It's episode... Oh, no, it's not episode 713. It's 712. Um, we're just kind of throwing this together. Got stuck at Phoenix College, but we have a lot to cover. We got to co- cover about the pedophiles. Uh, World Cup's coming up soon, and Greg Berhalter has some information for us. Uh, what else we got going on here, Jack? Uh... Yeah, he doesn't know either. Uh, use soccer when at all costs. What are your thoughts on that? Question for the watchers, mainly for the coaches. It seems like, let me put this thing on. Does that help? Oh, that's better, I think. Question for the coaches. Do you feel pressure from the parents to coach a certain way, to compete a, diff, a, a certain way, to win versus developing kids? Comment, let us know. I feel that pressure. I'm I'm coaching again for the ones that have been following. I'm coaching again after a seven-year layoff, and I feel the pressure, major pressure. So much so, I am changing the way I do my practices to appease the parents. I, I've caught myself doing that, and, I, and it, like I lost so much sleep that I was manipulated that way. I was manipulated that way, and I'm the guy on episode 712 talking about this problem and I became the problem. That's a problem. Um, welcome to the show. El Rojo. What's up, Jack? Was good. Uh, nothing much. You guys went over the weekend. One. Yeah. One zero. One zero. And, uh, next to you, uh, there was the CCV 06 and the Gilbert Arsenal 06. Now, Arsenal 06, listen to me and listen to me well. I have a problem with the 2006 Arsenal girls soccer coach. I don't know how many they have. Am I, am I, it seems like I'm loud or my headset's loud. Turn my headset down a little bit right there. Okay, I think that works. That's better. So I have a problem with the 2006 Arsenal coach. And I, they could have four or five different teams um, within that organization. But you played at Eagles Park yesterday, same time as Excel did next to you, and you were playing CCB. Here's why I have a problem. I show up, and I was going to take a picture. I should have. The coach gets there early, sets up four ladders, and creates this whole obstacle course. Awesome. Congrats to you. Obstacle course. Look, putting in the time and energy to show the parents and everyone that you care about their development, which is awesome. And here's the problem. Okay, you do ladders. I'm not a fan of ladders, but you did ladders. Okay, no problem. Here's the problem I had. You put the four ladders on the field to play. We talked about Coach Cameron. What's wrong with that? Well, you're creating UFO patterns on the field to play. Why would you do that? Why would you have the kids and parents? I guess parents don't care. They really, really don't understand. There was plenty of grass beyond the field of play to do the ladder drill to destroy that grass, then do it on the field. The only way I could think anyone would do that is because they don't care about the game. They don't care about the ball being played on the ground because ground doesn't matter. They like the reckless football mentality kind of montage we gave you in the, the the pre-show just out of control discussing soccer why would you do that comment let me know are you a ladder person do you like doing ladders and putting the ladders on the field of play 
where soccer for the ones that like to play on the ground, we need a flat surface. Plus you could turn an ankle and Jack, you can interrupt me anytime. Cause I know you already have comments and stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you want to interrupt? Uh, yeah, I got a, uh, we got a question. Okay, go. Uh, by Zachary. Good evening. Uh, what should parents be asking the coach at the end of the season conference? And what should parents be listening for from the coach as they evaluate your daughter's performance? So that that's a, a tough question to do without having data. So the question was like, you know, asking at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, it, I, I wouldn't. I would have several conversations, but the um, the it's hard to have conversation without data. You need to record how much time did your daughter play in the game, how many touches did your daughter have, say in August, and then September, then October, and so on and so forth. Uh, are they getting more touches on the ball? Are they getting less touches on the ball? How what's their success rate every time? You have to record these things. So if, if your child is getting Less time as the months go on by. That's a conversation you need to ask because how can you get better if you're always on the sideline? And the other thing is, how do you get better if you don't have opportunities on the ball? It's all about how many opportunities can you have in a real game, not practice, a real game where you feel the pressure of the game, sideline, coaches, all that stuff. And what's your success rate? That's everything. That's how you have a conversation because... I, I don't know what else, you know, to really ask unless I'm in that environment. But questions I would ask Coach Cameron in my environment is those exact same things. Hey, our, our team is connecting an average of 35 passes a game um, on purpose, you know, th- thought out. And then two months later, now we're connecting, say, 25. That's a problem. Maybe the competition's, you know, we're raising it too quick. Or, you know, the focus changes as far as winning versus development and all that. And we're actually going to get into that because I have a real problem where we're headed. You know, what I saw uh, on Saturday, it's just, it's gross. There's talent on the field and just reckless, out of control, no no pa- passes backwards on purpose, just kind of force into that situation. There's no thought and there needs to be thought. And until we allow our kids to have thought, it, it's going to be a, nothing's changing. It's going to be the same. So um, before we get going on the pedophiles, uh, Greg Berhalter it, it announced his uh, 22 man roster. Is it 23? I, I think it's 23, 23 man roster. And he's ready for the World Cup. And he has tactics that haven't changed because he has an identity he'll never let go. But we had an opportunity to talk to Greg. And here is Greg's report before he heads to the World Cup. Tactics with Greg Berhalter. Play on back. Give you an example. I had uh, a player approach me. I, I will not say his name about how can we possess with three in the back when they're playing with three forwards high pressing. I said, very simply, believe. And if you believe, you will achieve. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. We have each other's backs. 
And that's what we need to talk about is about having each other's backs and being persistent in a culture where we can get people off balance and continue to be dynamic um, and play a system that is not only pleasing to the eye, it will be uh, a style that will be effective to win trophies. Yes, it will. And Greg Berhalter is going to take us all the way through the World Cup. Comment, are you going to watch World Cup? Or are you going to ban it because the World Cup in Qatar was built upon slavery and murder? How many people died getting this World Cup put together? Comment, let me know if you know. It's a lot. So I choose to ban it. So I'm not going to watch World Cup this go around to support um, my disdain for uh, slavery and murder. This should never have been a guitar. It was a travesty. And, and I encourage you not to watch a World Cup. Don't watch it. Be kind of hard, huh? But if you have values and conviction of any kind, don't watch the World Cup. It's disgusting. Um, yeah, the way it's all gone down. Speaking of disgusting, let's go through the pedophiles real quick and then we'll get back into the, the topic at hand, which is what the flip is going on the sidelines and can we really control it and the whole winning mentality that's destroying youth development. So youth soccer coaches arrested on suspicious of lewd acts with a minor. Awesome. A 35-year-old man who worked as a soccer coach at middle and high school in Salinas has been arrested on suspicion of lewd or lavish, lavishes acts with a minor, police said Friday. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're doing crazy things. Let's play that video. The case against Selena soccer coach Julio Gonzalez Garcia growing by the day since his arrest Wednesday on child sex charges. We've had, had more victims come out that have stated that they've had contact with him, inappropriate, and because he was a coach for several other youth leagues, we're reaching out to those leagues to see if there were any more victims. Gonzalez Garcia, up until his arrest, coached girls soccer at North Salinas High, La Paz Middle School, and with the traveling team, El Camino Football Club. The 35-year-old has been charged with several felonies, including contacting a minor for sex, false imprisonment, and lewd acts on a minor. This North Salinas High student who didn't want to be identified said his arrest doesn't come as a surprise. I feel like no one was surprised, mostly because he was really weird when it came to the girls. Whoever told the, the police, I feel like that was the best decision they could have made. In a letter to parents, school leaders said they were shocked and saddened by the disturbing allegations and said the coach is currently on administrative leave. Gonzalez Garcia has coached at the schools since 2018 as a walk-on coach. A background check did not reveal any red flags. But if someone has a clean background, but then ultimately. What that girl said about him is what we all know in the soccer community. You know, it doesn't surprise me. They showed all the signs, but you, you, you cannot uh, fire or get rid of because ew, they do some weird things, but not all the way, just kind of good things it, or weird things. The, the pedophiles out there, they show their colors. So believe them, if they touch, if a coach touches your daughter in any way, it's called grooming, um, believe them. Fire them. Oh, wait, I just touch them on the shoulder. 
fire him. Can't do it. Uh, it's that easy to deal with. And here's another one. Here is Jesus Magana, a former youth soccer coach, and he's facing life imprisonment for years of child molestations. A former AYSO coach, Jesus Magana, 39, was sentenced on Wednesday to 155 years and an additional 20 years for molesting a child. Holy cow. Um, it's a problem. He's he, he was doing it from 2013 to 2019. So the question I have is, what, parents, kids, anyone that goes, that's kind of weird. It, why didn't you report? Report! The, the one that's getting abused typically doesn't report because it's embarrassing and all those things. But the onlookers, well, he just kind of touched them. Nail them. Get them out. Don't deal with them. Here's another one that's getting sentenced. 11 is learning new information tonight about a former local youth soccer coach charged with child sex crimes. According to the Michigan Attorney General's office, 34-year-old Andrew Olnhausen had an inappropriate relationship with an 11-year-old soccer player, which continued for five years. Olnhausen is facing 18 counts involving criminal sexual conduct. The investigation by Adrian police included searches of his cell phone and social media accounts, where authorities discovered dozens of naked images of the victim and other evidence that Olnhausen was having an inappropriate sexual relationship with the victim. Olnhausen was the boys' youth director of coaching at Pace Center from 2011 to 2015 and also served as the youth soccer coach with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The accusations stem from his time with FCA. In a letter... Yeah, it's a problem. I believe him. But they look harmless. They're not. And not to make this whole episode about pedophiles, uh, but I'm backed up. I, I didn't do my show last week, and they just keep backing up. And I got more for you, but we're not going to do it right now. Um, we, we have to get a World Cup report. So we, we have a problem with technical development. If we had someone passionate enough to... Uh, lead U.S. soccer, which goes into it. Let's read that question from that listener oh, yeah. so I can address it. Uh, should clubs care about developing players if parents only want to win? Clubs will probably focus on what parents want. Yep, and it's true. And I feel the pressure now coaching. You're pressured by the parents, and and you have to deal with that. You have to have conviction. But it would be helpful if U.S. soccer – the state associations would get on the same page and change the game, change the rules, make every possession matter, make every connected pass matter, change the point system. I talked about that nonstop about change the point system. And if you want more information about the point system, because I already have it all written up, I can help you uh, change your rec league or youth league or something. Just change it. We have to change the game and make it more about points. So uh, the sideline pressure will be pressuring you to pass the ball to your team. Uh, so they can deal with the pressure. We have to change the game completely. Can't just be about each goal, but we need leadership. And I always have dreams of someone that was kind of like, um, uh, who, what's his name? Uh, it's going to be coming up. What, I can't read that overlay that far. Uh, Paul, the video. Oh, uh, Beckham. No. Oh. The, you oh, know, what's the video? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. If Steve Jobs, visionary. And he's really good about telling people what to do. There's a great bit we put together about Steve Jobs, if he's uh, in control of U.S. soccer, how he would uh, run things. Hallelujah. 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 
integrate the most technical players in the world right here in the United States. I mean, I want our players to be so technical with the ball that they know what to do with the ball before they even have the ball. Wait, are we still talking about ball mastery? We're, we're talking about everything, the whole thing, ball mastery, first touch, creativity. Greg, it's the future. I'm telling you right now, I mean, our ball mastery program is going to do for the next 10 years that the Brazilians did for the last three. I can tell you that right now. Do you know why people watch the Premier League? Why do they watch the Premier League? Nothing else? Because it's got bravado. It's a love for the game like no other. You know what? We've raised the bar. And if we want to be there, we have to sacrifice everything. Great footballers like Messi, Ronaldinho, and Ronaldo, they sacrificed it all. And they risked failure. And if we want to be great, we got to risk it all too. Yeah, but we have a hard date. And doing all these fancy moves like the Brazilians isn't going to get us the next World Cup title. Tactics is what's going to get us the next World Cup title. If you don't share our enthusiasm and care for no, the no, vision no, no, no. of I, just, I, don't, I don't think I understand. Get out. What? You're done. Wait, you're going to fire me? No. I already fired you. Why are you still here? You know what? I'm removing him from the books. He's never been on the national team. He never coached. He never played for the national team. He's done. I'm, I'm, I'm taking him off the books. He is done. He's done. It's a low budget podcast. Man, the, the noise was horrible, but the content was good. Um, yeah, we, we need, we need some, we need some Steve jobs action where he just tolerates no BS and fires as many leadership in soccer throughout the country from the clubs, the small ones to the big ones, to the president of us soccer. We, we need a real CEO that has the cojones to make change. And I don't know if that'll ever happen, but who knows? We'll take another question before we move on. From Gary, too much parent entitlement in Spain. The parents are far from the field up in the bleachers. Why do we allow parents on the sidelines? Good point. Um, for me, um, pa parents that have no self-control, it is a problem. But in youth soccer, where I'm at, I have all the parents right next to me because I want to hear exactly what they're saying. And I want them to hear what I'm saying. I want to constantly educate them. Education is number one. It needs to happen at every practice, every game. So mine's a little different on that. Uh, it is a problem. But, you know, I think some clubs I know in Excel, they, parents can't come near the practice field. And they can't say a word. And uh, they have a, a lot of control there, um, especially with Striker Aguilar. He has total control. He's yelled at me. I actually told a player what to do. By the way, my information was good. But he's the man in charge, and he let me have it. And good for you, striker. Keep control of the sidelines at all times. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a, a, a problem we have. But we, we need we need to change as a whole. We can't tolerate uh, the lack of development that's happening. But real quick, U.S. soccer announces – Members and immediate uh, priorities for new participant safety 
task force. We always create a task force when there's a problem. So this task force will immediately work to address the following priorities to the first quarter of 2023. And this all stems from the Yates uh, uh, Yates committee that submitted the uh, uh, the whole thing about uh, the stemming from Paul Riley in the uh, NWSL and, th- you know, apparently trying to hit on some of his players and stuff. And so they're like, ah, let, let's, uh, let's put a task force so we can identify pedophiles and uh, those that uh, hit on, hit on uh, the athletes. And of course this is adult to adult. Now, uh, Paul Riley. So I'm, I'm down here, Jack, identifying the biggest concerns regarding the risks around relationships with significant power imbalance. So Paul Riley coach, uh, the Portland thorns at the time, um, he was accused of sexual harassment of player Mayna Shim and Sinead Fairley. The question is, would Shim and uh, Fairley report harassment if the abuser was this guy? Sexiest man alive. I don't think so. So, um, but don't worry. We have... Megan, always coming on the show. If Megan came near me, I would say she's sexually harassing me. Megan Rapino always appearing on the show. And yeah, it, because of what happened in NWSL, it's now coming down to youth. They're going to put a task force to identify uh, sexual power imbalances and all this stuff. And, you know, it's very simple. Uh, identify the coaches that touch kids. Can't do it. Can't do it. And if they touch or they're alone with them at any time, done, gone. Even private conversations. Male to female. Off to the side where no one can hear. Oh, there's people around. Nope, can't do it. Pedophile. Can't do it. Hardcore stuff that we have to live by. All right, let's get on with the show when it, it, it we're talking about killing development. So I've witnessed nothing but the same behaviors, the same conduct to watch the Arsenal coach of the 06 uh, girls soccer program. There's I don't know which one it is. Um, use ladders on the field of play. Disgusting. Don't do it. Uh, the other thing is he was screaming, yelling, trying to manipulate the call to get calls from uh, the referees and all that stuff. Disgusting versus focusing on what are your players are doing with the ball? No, he didn't care. He just like ram it down their throat, do anything to win. Why? Why can't the kids trap, turn, connect passes? What is it's not because oh, you might lose. Who cares? Your job in youth is to develop it. MLS next. I, I don't, we're MLS next. We're playing another MLS next team. It shouldn't be about winning. It's about developing and showcasing talent to be able to move them on. Not for the MLS next team to win or whatever level it is in the United States. There's so many different ones I, I can't stand. It needs to be thought out. It needs to be like what I watched earlier today when Liverpool played. Who'd they play? Um, it was Tottenham. Tottenham. Um, and... Um, uh, Salah scored two goals. It, it was amazing those things that happened in that game and how many touches they had to make and how many times they had to move the ball backwards, how the goalkeeper was at half field on both sides, staying with their team. You don't see that in youth soccer. Why? Oh, they'll do it when they go to the next level. I don't understand. We need to play just like the top talent in the Premier League. Oh, hey, they can't play. They're million-dollar players. It doesn't matter. You're not playing million-dollar athletes on the opposition. You're playing so, supposedly similar level. It needs a play where there's a thought. 
Not everything's one touch soccer. Not everything's one two touch soccer. I, if you watch the Premier League, if you watch the highest levels of soccer, if you watch Man City play, uh, a lot of the players take two, three, four, five, six touches, spinning out of pressure, then combining because every pass they make, that's to the opposition. They have to run 70 or they might get scored on right away. They have to be very specific with their passes. Why aren't we specific with our passes? Why is everything just run through? Oh, don't worry, just kick it. They can't get the ball down our throat. We'll just keep overwhelming them. I don't get it. Prepare them for the next level. Because the next level, eventually, the players that the coaches want at college and at the professional level are players that can problem solve. Why aren't we teaching our players in the United States to problem solve? It's so silly. Questions, Jack? Um, well, kind of relating to what you said, Jamie said in the Premier League, they can string five passes together, unlike MLS. True. Oh, but MLS is supposed to be the best league in the world by 2026, said somebody. I posted that on Facebook. Uh, not. Next question. Uh, from Dennis, too many uh, money involved to make changes, which is sad based on the product on the field. True that. Yeah, and, and it's not even my, um, I, I'm not even getting paid to coach my son's team, and, and I could get paid, but I choose not to because I don't want to be manipulated by parents. But you know what? I'm already manipulated. I feel the pressure. It's horrible. I'll win, though. I'll win. I'll, I'll do the right thing. Uh, question from Chris. How do we know when our daughter has outgrown her team? So I think it means, like, skill-wise. Um. I think I think you still use the math formula. Like if, if they're like having a, say, 90% success rate, always having the ball um, and connecting passes and finishing and all that, if the percentages are high, you probably want to drop those percent, percentages to a, a, a level, whether it's another age group, another team, where they're still getting the high-level number of opportunities on the ball, but shrinks their... Uh, success rate, say, to 50%, and then they build back up. So it's all math. Record everything, and you can create your own data points to figure that out. Next question. Uh, That's it. That's it. Well, that's all I have. From Gary, he said we cannot do fancy moves anymore. It's all in the FIFA rules book at showboating. You hear about that? No. It was like, I forgot how it started, but then after that... I think it was, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not about fancy moves as much. It, it's si- simplicity of spinning and turning. It, it, nothing has to be fancy. I, I teach crazy moves for balance therapy and some moves for games that you can uh, escape pressure right away and be effective with it. But I get showboating to the point where you're putting everyone at risk because if someone showboats, you tend to get cleats to the leg and we tend to break them. But um, it, the simplicity of soccer in America should be spins, turns, that's it. Just messy moves. No stepovers. You, you know, just kick, catch, away from pressure, spin, turn. Just get away from people. And that's very hard. But we don't allow them to even do that because they might lose it. How dare we? Any other questions? Um, no. Yeah. Well, uh, there's no videos either, right? Uh, no. Yeah, there's no more. Yeah, and we're done. And it, we had to throw this thing together because I had a Phoenix College practice. By the way, Phoenix College, number one in the country, uh, they will know their brackets 
on Tuesday, and then we'll have our first game most likely Monday next week at 10 a.m. You can watch it on the internet and watch uh, the Phoenix College men's soccer team uh, play, and they play. They play like you're supposed to. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we uh, we play, and hopefully we can win Phoenix College's and Maricopa Community College's first national title on the men's side, where we should have a, a game on Monday, a game on Wednesday, not this week, but the following week, and uh, semis on Friday of next week, and championship on Saturday, not this upcoming Saturday, but the following Saturday. Hopefully that's the case. According to our ranking, we should be there, but you never know. But uh, we're going to give it a shot. Now, next Sunday, our show will be broadcast from Tucson um, at the banquet. Where, yeah, uh, that's where I'll be broadcasting and talking about Phoenix College stuff. So uh, we'll see you guys next Sunday, 7, or 8 p.m. Mount Standard Time. See you then. Peace.